This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, December 13th. This is episode 362. My name is Dan Ellis, and I'm joined. I'm sorry. I just. And you got the giggles. Well, I, I saw that it was the 13th, and it reminded me of this stupid fucking thing that I saw a while back where somebody had posted, I think, I think it was a tweet. Some idiot had posted out that, Oh, Friday the 13th falls on a Tuesday this this month or this year or whatever. (laughs) You, there's a 13th in every month. You fucking dipshit. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, that, so when I read that, it just, it kicked that off in my brain. I'm sorry, (laughs) but I'm joined. Jesus Christ. I'm joined by Mr. Taylor Grin. Hey, hey. And Mr. Ryan Duffy. I don't have got the giggles yet, but it's going to come. Uh-huh, I'm sure. Uh, what is new with you guys? Let's go with, let's go with uh, Ryan first this time. I'm just still learning how to 3D print shit. I got my, uh, my Rexy 10,000 done. So you're making a bunch uh, of little poop emoticon type oh, yeah. things? I haven't done that yet. I should. I should you're put that in the bathroom. Printing shit. Yeah. Yeah. 3D printing shit. Yeah. So I, uh, I took my Rexy and I made a, a, a mount for him and put him in the bar because I figured everybody needs the uh, amount of an animal in their bar. So I got a, a, <laughs> a T Rex. Nice. You got a T Rex. You've got a, a Terminator T Rex mounted T-Rex, on the yeah. wall. Yeah. I'll have to think of some fancy hunting story about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, what about you, Mr. Grin? Well, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, a little hungover, and I went to pick up my bottle of Pedialyte, and I thought the cap was screwed on, and it was not. Mm -hmm. And so I just soaked my keyboard with (laughs) Pedialyte. So so I quickly unplugged it, Uh um, and I've been using like a a dummy since then, uh, thanks to my brother who had a spare. Uh And um, I ordered a new one from Amazon. Oh, and did you? A keyboard arrived from Amazon today. Uh-huh. Uh huh. However, the original package had been opened and then resealed with Amazon Prime tape, and uh, it was very much not the keyboard I ordered in the mm. box of my my keyboard. So oh, no. that's how I'm doing. <laughs> so somebody they just they they took the keyboard that was supposed to be in the box out, replaced yep. it with yep. some. Fucking rando Inferior shit. Yeah. And, yep. and delivered Some that. rando probably returned piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so did, have you written to Amazon about this item or oh, are you just returning yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I blasted them in a tweet and they were like, well, you can do a return. And, and I went through the return process and they were basically like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to send you a new one. And uh, you send us the one that you got back uh, within a month or we're going to charge you for it. And I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> To the post office I go. Oh. But, uh, yeah, first world problems. Motherfuckers gave me some 
piece of shit. Somebody stole my shit in the factory. Wow. I, I, I would say Amazon, you didn't send me that. You sent me this. Well, yeah. and I, I wonder if like oh, get photos, Adam, I can't send that back to you because I didn't get it. Yep. <laughs> well, and I was going to, so what I was going to say or started to say was that I wonder if it was maybe a customer who ordered a keyboard, you know, ordered a fancy keyboard and decided that they wanted to play some little fuck fuck games. And mm. so they took the keyboard out, replaced it with theirs and sent it in as a return saying they didn't want the keyboard. And then Amazon just repackaged it, but it has the Amazon prime tape mm. sealing that yeah. sealing that box. Yeah. Not, not some yeah. random tape from some customer. I mean, right. they might've opened it, looked at it, said, well, this works and put it back in the box. So let's sell it again. Or the, or mm-hmm. they just opened it and went, it's a box for a keyboard. There's a keyboard in it. Fucking great. All right. Yep. I don't get yeah. paid enough for this, which don't get me wrong. <laughs> like workers. Rights, don't. I'm yeah. very much in favor of that. Like if you work at Amazon and choose to fuck over your employer, you know, cool. don't take legal advice from a podcast, but I won't be mad about that. You know, like just, I make uh boss makes a dollar. I make a dime. That's why I shit on company time. Like I'm with you, but <laughs> try to do so in such a way as to not fuck your, your customers up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that needs to be changed. Boss makes a dollar. I make a 10th of a dime Yeah, or a penny. Well, I just kind of keep dime in it. Cause then it rhymes with time. <laughs> a thousandth of a dime. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Work yeah. in progress. <laughs> awesome. So I have just been working and cleaning carpets. <laughs> I mentioned in the last episode that I got a I got a new carpet cleaner. It's fucking oh, awesome. Yeah. Are you cleaning carpets that don't even need to be cleaned? I'm I'm basically just trying to clean every carpet in the house. So that you know, I've got this clean slate or clean carpet slate kind of thing mm-hmm. going on and and also because it's just kind of fun i i kind of enjoy doing it um, like when your only cleaner- tool is a carpet cleaner every carpet looks dirty i get it <laughs> <laughs> but cleaning carpets makes me feel dirty because you see the water it's like oh i didn't know it was that bad oh like, holy why is the shit. water oh <laughs> that water looks horrible Dude. Oh no! Yeah the the main That's how they get you on the foot cleanses. Yeah the main <laughs> the main hallway upstairs, I did twice, and even the second time the water was just fucking gross being extracted out of the carpet, and that's I mean that's just just that's kind of just a problem with carpeting in general is that it I mean it just collects. it's a it's a dirt magnet you can't yeah. ever get mm-hmm. everything out of it it's and it points to one of the things that fucking carpet salesmen will do you know they they come in and they're like oh when's the last time you vacuumed your house or let's have you vacuum your house now with the vacuum you have and then I'll vacuum it with my vacuum so you vacuum your flooring and you bring up a bunch of stuff and it, you know okay great you you've just vacuumed well now I'll break out my vacuum and show you what it does and they pull up just as much stuff as you did when you just vacuumed you would like do the I same fucking thing as well. Yeah, you would. You would. If had you gone over it with your vacuum again, you would have pulled up just the just the same amount of shit. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's one of That's those. Why I prefer hardwood floors. It's yeah. Just yeah. Better in general. Yeah. 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 Their hardwood floors are are great. They're just. It's it's a little bit more work sometimes. Like the audio first is a problem because mm. everything mm-hmm. becomes much more much more bouncy with all of the echoes and everything. Um. Then it, you know, it also makes the house a little bit colder. I know carpeting. Oh, I like that. Car- oh, yeah, I don't mind that at all. <laughs> Carpet- yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's this. This sounds like a that's plus. A, that's yeah. a positive. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's trade offs, and I think you know, it's good to have a mix of different flooring throughout the house. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I would rather do just all hardwood floor and then put rugs down where I need to because then it's just in my control mm-hmm. and they're easier to clean. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've, and I've put in carpeting and not hardwood floors, but, uh, laminate flooring not lint mm-hmm. the the nice wood stuff you can get at like costco or home depot or mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. It, that is a, a the new kind of laminate flooring that is very nice and and oh, easy yeah. to use also we did get somebody out here to give us an estimate for repairs uh for flooding in the basement and in the bathroom upstairs and just heard back from them today that they can send out a crew to start work in two days on Wednesday. So I'm nice. really fucking excited about that. I'm just over the moon happy about it because I thought for sure that I would just have this exposed, you know, uh, floor, concrete floor Wall in the basement beans. for a long time. <laughs> and I've lived with that god awful fucking uh wallpaper in that upstairs bathroom you've seen it taylor i know (laughs) Mm -hmm. well i've seen the photos of it yeah it's (laughs) it's bad i feel like i feel like we need to get with um phil ferguson and create like a atheist podcast cast network of home improvement segments (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) yeah yeah we can we can go over home improvement stuff and car issues Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Mm. Yeah, uh, solar panels and kitchen and <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have a bunch of stuff going on the main topic that we'll be talking about tonight is marriage oh yeah to do it or not to do it and why and we'll I don't do know that. if I can commit to that segment we'll do <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that when we get back from, from the other side uh, of this little break told you I'd get the giggles <laughs> This is New Name Noah, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. I'll tell you what I do like about Christmas, though. Um, I like Jesus as a baby. He was yeah. cute, you know what I mean? He's all right. Yeah. He's better than when you, cause when you see him as an adult, he's got that really long face. Yeah. <laughs> he's always got this really long, hollow face, like a dagger, um, <laughs> which used to terrify me as a kid, because he looked like a, like a photo-fit picture of a child murderer. Um, <laughs> really, really nasty piece of work. Uh, so yeah. I feel a lot safer with him in the manger because he he can't get out of it by himself, you know. Mm. And if he did, he'd be small enough to pick up and drop kick. Before they dealt he with him in the end, though. I mean, yeah, famously, yeah. famously, yeah. the Romans sorted it out. Yeah. They put an end to the threat. You got to do something <laughs> before he turns you into a frog or whatever it was he used to <laughs> yeah. do. I can't remember. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. All right, so welcome back, everybody. We have talked about in our last couple episodes the fact that I proposed to Tracy and that she accepted my proposal. Excuse me. And because of that, I got an email from one of our listeners Friend of the show, author, all-around great guy, Mr. Steve Kuno. Uh, he sent me an email to my personal email address. Uh, we, we exchange messages every now and then. And his message reads, Yo, Dan, which is fun, which is fun for, for a person of Steve's age. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Steve. <laughs> it starts, starts out with Yo, Dan. 
I have a suggested topic for you. It's even timely in your case. The topic, why do atheists marry? This is an honest question that I have had for some time. The few times that I have put it to betrothed atheists, I have gotten a shrug and either because or I don't care, but it matters to my partner. In no way do I wish to cast aspersions upon you and Tracy or your wonderful or your wonderful news. I'm actually pretty danged excited for you two. No fair turning the tables and asking me why I'm actually pretty danged excited for you two. <laughs> uh, legal marriage is a contract between a couple and the state. Certain benefits follow, such as tax advantages, inheritance benefits, access to hospitalized part access to a hospitalized partner, the ability to add a partner to a health plan, and so forth. But somehow I bet those aren't the real motivators. I have yet to hear of anyone getting on bended knee and saying, will you spend the rest of your life filing joint tax returns with me? <laughs> uh, his message continues and says, I can see why a couple that wants to set up housekeeping together might want to execute a contract. I can see the emotional value in formalizing the commitment, but instead of executing a contract with the state, why not execute one with each other? If the couple wishes, they can add a ceremony while they're at it. Well, why? Cheers, Steve. And I thought that was a really good question. That was that was mm -hmm. a great topic. It was a good question. And I had to think about it for a little while, honestly, because the why of it hadn't hadn't really been something that I had examined personally. Um, I mean, there it. it I had thought about a lot of the different reasons why, but I hadn't made a concerted effort to think about those reasons and why I was doing what I was doing. And I think a lot of that was tied to emotion, of course, and it being our 10th anniversary and wanting to make a grand gesture, I think was all part of that. But in evaluating a lot of the reasons why I realized that there are a lot of benefits to to legal marriage many of them outlined in steve's message so after receiving the message i spent some time today trying to organize my thoughts around why i had proposed and why we're actually getting married so before i present my own views as to why I did it. I wanted to go through some of the stats around marriage and talk it over with you guys. Feel free to jump in anytime with anything you yeah. want to say, any questions you've got, all that kind of stuff. But so first I wanted to go over some stats. So currently marriage rates in the U.S. have fallen from around 80% in 1950 to under 50%, roughly 49% in 2020. And that is pissing off the religious right. And that's a huge drop. I mean, over 70 years, that's a 30% decline mm -hmm. in marriage rates here in the United States. Additionally, 15% uh, of U.S. adults living alone uh, and more than a quarter of people between the ages of 25 and 34 are living with an unmarried partner. So 15% of all U.S. adults are just living by themselves. And then... You know, roughly 25, 26% of the people between 25 and 34 are living with a partner, but they aren't married. And Tracy and I have aged out of that group, but mm -hmm. we weren't too far outside that group when we first got together. Uh, another fact is that half of Americans 18 years or older were married in 2017. 
and that's down eight percentage points since 1990 even. So, I still think it's crazy that half of 18-year-olds were married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fuck. that is that is kind of fucking crazy. Uh and half will be divorced at some point. Well, and and I'm sure in Utah that number is is a bit higher. Well, maybe not because no, missionaries they, they gotta wait until, until they get, get back. back from their mission. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh but according well, to a <laughs> what were you gonna say? Half of people are women, so <laughs> they dear John their boyfriend once he goes on the mission and marry a re- returned missionary and they're good to yeah. go. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, didn't, and didn't think about that. <laughs> and according to a 2019 poll from the Pew Research Center, 23% of married people cited legal rights and benefits as the reason they chose to marry. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting because you've got less than half of the population who are in an active legal marriage right now. And a quarter of those people did it just for the not just for but as one of the primary motivators being the legal rights and benefits that come I with mean, marriage you know because when i've thought about marriage it's like the only thing that changes is, is our legal rights like not the, there's no like special magical thing that happens once you're married like no it's our, our relationship <laughs> is still the same god smiles down on you ryan that's what that's the special magic thing that happens <laughs> No, now God no longer watches you in the bedroom. <laughs> it's all good unless you're doing butt stuff. Then that's a big no-no. Then his alarm goes off. <laughs> a recent Gallup poll from May of 2020 shows some huge shifts in the views around marriage. Uh, first up is that just 29% of Americans think that it is very important for couples who have children together to be married. That's down from 38% in 2013 and 49% in just 2006. So from 2006 to 2020, we went from 49% to 29% of Americans say it's very important for couples who who have children together to be married, which is great. Well, I would say that if you have children together and you're living together, it probably makes it easier if you're married. I think in a lot of cases, it certainly does. Um, Especially on the kid, like, why do I not have the same name or questions or just... You know, paperwork is the kid gets hurt and okay, well, you don't have the same name. You know, it's, I think it just makes it easier if like, yes, I don't know. Never had kids, so I'm not really sure how that shit works. <laughs> so the next bit of information out of that Gallup poll that I, that I noticed was 66% of the respondents believe it is quote, morally acceptable to have a baby outside of marriage which is an increase from 53% in 2001. So that that is a big difference and oh yeah. I think the only thing that made it immoral was the religiosity behind it. Oh for sure. I mean that's yeah they're they're making a moral determination on whether it's okay to have a child outside of wedlock. That mm-hmm. that is strictly a, a religious view, right? I I can't think of any secular purpose or view that is served by that by that notion right by the idea that it's a moral imperative that you be married in order to have a child mm-hmm. with somebody yeah um so that was pretty interesting the next thing i saw was that 72% of people consider sex between an unmarried man and woman morally acceptable and that number is up from 53% in 2001. I thought that was interesting because of the huge gap between moral stances surrounding sex and having children, right? So 
more people believe it is okay to just have sex than to have sex that would that would also have be a child be for procreative purposes, mm-hmm. right? That it's okay to have sex if you're not married. There's a larger people who believe that. There's a larger number of people who believe that than people who just believe that you that it's okay to have children outside of wedlock. I thought that was interesting, especially when you know a lot of the religious views surrounding sex are that you should only have sex if you are married, and that you should wait until you're married for that. And I get Mm -hmm. hung up on the the term morally acceptable because I don't think morality should have anything to do with who you're having sex with or if you decide to have kids or not. There's no, I mean, how you do it, there's a morality behind it. But whether you're two consenting adults or if you have a child outside of wedlock, I'm like, what? There there shouldn't be a morality monitor behind that. Oh, yeah. And why the fuck is it anybody's Mm -hmm. business what I do in my bedroom? Yeah. Uh, So the next thing I saw was that, um, oh, so real quick, I wanted to pull up this chart that was in the Gallup study because I thought it had a lot of really interesting information in it. So when we look at this, the first chart here goes down, goes and breaks out a lot of the groups and their views on different things, right? So the question that is being answered in this particular table that we're looking at right now is that it's very important that couples with children together legally marry. Of the views for that, in 2006, uh, between men and women, 53% of men believed that couples with children should be legally married. 45% of women believed that couples with children together should be legally married. And I thought that was interesting that more men believed that than women. And Hmm. I thought that was interesting because I know that women typically are more religious than men. There, you know, there's a higher percentage Mm -hmm. of religious women than there are of men. But I think as far as religiosity is is concerned, men are much more conservative in their religious and moral views than a lot of women. And we see that borne out in a bunch of statistics surrounding marriage here, uh, Mm -hmm. childbirth, uh, pregnancy, adoption, and abortion rates, right? More women, of course, are for for advocating (laughs) for bodily autonomy for themselves than men are in offering Mm -hmm. bodily autonomy toward women. I have noticed a lot of like internalized misogyny, particularly from um, like Mormon women that I'm familiar with. And then women that I've met in the deep South mm-hmm. um, or there like I've, I have known women who have said that they think women should not have the right to vote. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah my, nice. my ex-wife when we were together and I'm sure her views have probably changed since then, but we, when we were together, like she was all into Dr. Laura. Uh, Nazi? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like she she was, you know, reading a bunch of her stuff and listening to her talk on radio programs and shit and thought she was just awesome and brilliant and had this wonderful advice toward marriage. And then we got divorced because I caught her fucking my best friend. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that was, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but so from 2006, when that number was 53% of men, 45% for women, that shifted to 29% for men and 28% for women. So a huge drop in the number of men versus women. And now they're only a point apart between them. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. It was also interesting seeing some of the age breakout ranges. 
So 18 to 34 years old, uh, in 2006, 30% of respondents thought that couples that had children together should legally marry. Uh, 35 to 54, that number jumps up to 49%. And of course, 55 plus, that number jumped up to 63%. Because, you know, in, in our current timeline, people who are older are much more conservative these days. And I think a lot of people point to that and say that people get more conservative as they age. And I disagree. I think that, no. I think that people are by and large, getting more and more progressive every year. It's just that every year those people that were less progressive are getting older, so they're aging into these other groups. And they're dying off. I, I, I mean, I listened to my 93-year-old grandfather tell a uh, a uh, Trump caller asking if he was going to vote for Trump to fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'd never vote for that fucking asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it's more indicative of a... a growing progressive base in the United States, a growing, a growing sense of liberalism and progressivism versus conservatism. And and to your grandfather, like not all young people are millennials and not all old people are boomers. Like you go old enough and actually become progressive again. (laughs) (laughs) But also when you, when you look at those numbers and the way they're trending, it also shows that these younger generations, you know, year after year when they come into those older generations, um, numbers are going down. Right. And the older generations are dying out. Like you can, I mean, you could probably graph that right there showing, you know, some of the people that were in the 2006 one in their thirties or 18 to 34 moved into 34 to 54. Then people in 35 to 54 moved to 55 and older. And you can, yeah. Yeah. Well, like and it's, it. yeah. And it's interesting too, because you can see that, you know, in year, in these year groupings and age groupings. So 18 to 34 years old in 2006, it was 30% of people believed that in 2020, 18 to 34 year olds, it was only 22%, which didn't change from 2013 when 20, yeah, when they ran the same question in 2013. So 2006, it was at 30, 2013, it went to 22 and in 22 and in 2020, it was still at 22%. So that, that age grouping, yeah, that age grouping didn't change. That's, that's very stable. Uh, 35 to 54, it went from 49 to 35 to 23 in 2006, 2013 and 2020 respectively. And then 55 years and older went from 63% in 2006 to just 38% in 2020. So that it's, it's, yeah, it's eight points off from what the 20, 2006, 18 to 34 year old was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just that, you know, people who are, get, who are older are changing their views. It's that those views are changing all across that spectrum of age. And, yeah. and those and numbers if you are track dropping. that chart kind of diagonally, right? Cause people who were 18 to 24 year or sorry, or 34. 34 years old might break into the next group. Mm-hmm. Right over over the twelve years that that can go, which right. which means and they're holding lines even within those populations, right? Because mm-hmm. the people in column A are going to be column B uh, yeah. after twelve years, yep. right? Yep. Now, because the age groups are so large, you can't really do a straight diagonal, but you yeah. can look at the change of the eighteen year to twenty four year olds, um, or sorry, eighteen to thirty four year olds of twenty eight, and go to twenty twenty. You know, mm-hmm. with a slight bump, mm-hmm. assuming the older people of that generation, and there is, you know, that decline. So, mm-hmm. 
And I'll be sure cool. to, in, I'll be sure to include a link to this in the show notes for this so that people can follow along a little better. I know that just talking about these numbers and throwing them around might get a little confusing for people. So I'll put this link in the show notes so that you can follow along with us as we're going through here. But, but if the adage that when you got older, you got more conservative, you think the numbers would stay consistent throughout, but they, they yeah. don't. So that goes to show that no, they're holding on to those views. Yeah. Well, still some change, but yeah, most don't. Yeah. Well, and, and the change in percentage I mean, the biggest change is in the 35 to 54 year old group yeah. at, you know, a minus 26 percentage points from 2006 to 2020. But even at the 55 plus years old, it dropped by 25 per, by 25 points from 63 down to 38. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a bigger swing than in the 18 to 34 year old group by, mm-hmm. by three times as much, by more than three times as yeah. much. So people are becoming more progressive in all of the age ranges. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with us putting out and making policy and making changes around being more equal and more equitable for all peoples, you know, yeah. allowing same sex marriage and a reduction in religiosity overall. Um, I thought it was in, I thought it was interesting too, the numbers between Republican, Independent, and Democrat, because what it points out to me is that Independents, I mean, for as closely as they are aligned in a bunch of this different stuff, in a bunch of these numbers, to me it looks like Independents are just uh, more liberal people who don't want to say that they're Democrats. <laughs> because they, because these numbers don't, you know, the, the numbers for independents and Democrats are much more closely aligned than they are for independents and Republicans. So if we look at this, Republicans in 2006 uh, said that 62%, 62% of the respondents said that couples with children should legally marry. Independents were at 42% and Democrats were at 42%. And in 2020, that Republican number went from 62% down to 36%, which was a drop in 26% for even Republicans, which I found encouraging independence it dropped by 13 points to 29 percent from 42 and democrats it dropped by 24 points from 42 to 18 so democrats are clearly the most progressive and liberal in their views but they're still much more closely aligned with independence at least in 2006 and 2013 i wonder if 2016 made a difference in the people that identified as independent I think it probably did drop as much. Yeah. Yeah. I think it probably did. Um, and I think a lot of people who, well, I think there were a couple different things that probably happened there, right? That independents didn't want, didn't identify as Democrats as much, but more Republicans didn't identify as Republicans anymore. They moved into Mm -hmm. the independent column. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of, uh, well, I mean, a lot does some work there, but there were quite a few, Republicans who became independent, especially mm-hmm. at the like policy level. Oh yeah. Because I mean, like I said, in 2006, the numbers between independents and Democrats, they were both at 42. In 2013, independents were 35 and 13. And then 2020 rolls around and independents are at 29 and Democrats are 18. And yeah, Republicans mm-hmm. drop from 49 down to 36, which is a mm-hmm. huge we- swing. And so to me, the clear indicator there is that more Republicans switch to identify as independents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's and what I th- I'm thinking. Yeah. And I thought that was really well, interesting. Um, uh, okay. 
Well, what were you going to say? I don't want to belabor the point, but I would almost argue that if the more moderate people in the Republican Party were fleeing the Republicans and becoming independent, that that number would have gone up in the self-declared Republicans because they would have purity tested the more moderate oh. people out, driving up the uh, percentage. Mm, yes. Let me. I'd have to think about that for a second. So say that again, that. People leaving the Republican Party, the Republican Party would be more monolithic in their views. Yeah, so, so this gets into... Oh, I um, get what you're saying. Yeah, that, that number... something wrong for them called the evaporative cooling of uh, beliefs. Uh-huh. And the idea is that as an organization engages in like purity testing, mm-hmm. um, they, they push away people with more moderate views mm-hmm. um, because they've got like a higher escape velocity essentially. And so over time, the views of the group will become more and more like concentrated and extreme. Mm-hmm. Right. And in, in whatever polarity direction on the spectrum that they, you know, argue in favor of because they push people with dissenting views away. And so my argument is that if the Republicans like if, if progressives were fleeing the Republican category into the independent category between 2013 and 2020, which we know that they were, um, then we would actually see an increase in people believing that marriage was like the appropriate way for, for people to orient themselves mm-hmm. because we would be getting a higher concentration of like evangelicals in the Republican category as more moderate people left the Republican category. But since that didn't happen, I'm making the assessment that it's more likely that even amongst those more devout Republicans, they moderated their belief with regard to marriage mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that's a fantastic yeah. point to make. Yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you bringing that up. And it, yeah. And it too indicates to me that a lot of the people in the Republic, you know, who identify as Republicans from 2006 to 2020, that number dropping from 62 down to 36 that I wonder how much of that has to do with evangelicalism as a whole and people within the Republican Party who may have been evangelical, seeing the harms that are coming from the evangelical wing of republicanism and conservatism and rejecting that independent of their Republican views. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So that they may mm-hmm. they may no longer hold as tight to those evangelical views as they do to their core Republicanism. Yeah. I get what mm-hmm. you're putting down. So maybe their political views are more important than their religious views. And I think mm-hmm. we see that being borne out in a lot of different areas, right? That Yeah. Well, so I'm a, uh, uh, okay. There's two directions that <laughs> each of them honestly are like merit their own show. Uh-huh. Um, first of all, right. Uh, GOP stands for not grand old party, but gaslight, obstruct and project. Sure. <laughs> and if you look back to the rhetoric that talk show hosts were making about what they called Islamo fascism mm. back in the, um, like turn of the 21st century, um, they were making the argument that there are elements of Islam, which if taken seriously are indistinguishable from a political platform. That is to say that there was no separation between religion and politics. And, and as we look at like Christian nationalism, we see that that's exactly their stance, that they believe that Christianity ought to be the basis by which they found their politics. So, uh, you know, my, my light pushback would be 
Um, I, I don't think we can draw a distinction between their religion and politics. I think the two are, are meshing, right? Especially with all of the articles that were written about how the number one predictor of somebody being a Trump voter mm-hmm. was that they were an evangelical Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like kind of buttressing that, but its own thing was an article I read, I want to say from the Atlantic, but I could be wrong in the last like six to eight months where they argued that one of the big reasons why, um, messaging to try and get conservatives to get the COVID vaccine isn't working is because even though you've got like national scale social proof appealing to their patriotism to like help their fellow citizen, they only really care about their like, um, Oh shit. I can never think of the actual fucking name of this, but it's their monkey sphere, right? Like they're 200, 250 or so people that they can actually keep in their social context. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're their little in group. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Oh, their little in group. Yeah, there's a, a sociological term for it. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of the term either, but it's basically where you can keep track of roughly 400 individuals yeah. in your social circle. Yeah, Dunbar's number. Dunbar's yeah, yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like they only really care about that Dunbar's number worth of people. And if those people have like a strict social enforcement of whatever their like norms are uh, and mores, and if those are influenced by like conservative talk show hosts and, and Fox News, then they will stand more pressure from their peers to the point where in this article, they talked about how people would like go to the next County over and wear a disguise to get the COVID test right. and then go oh, home and lie yeah. about having not gotten it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I, that massive, di- you know, diversion from what we were talking about, but oh, no. I think about those things. No, I think that's, I think that's good. This is Nick fish, president of American atheists. Uh, you can learn more about our work at www.atheists.org, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. You've got to say, though, even though this is a brilliant record, yes. you still come away from it hating him, because it's mainly it's that bit where he goes on about her feminine ways, yes. right? Now, aside from the fact that he pronounces it wrong, which is annoying, by by feminine or feminine, he seems to mean the occult. Yes. <laughs> which is, I, coming from this supposedly sexless Christian nut, mm. you know. This is the thing, isn't it? He's a fucking damaged lunatic, mm. like all religious people who don't have to be religious. Yeah. Right? Like if you're 86 and wobbling, or if you've been terribly unfortunate in some way, I can kind of understand it, right? Mm. But Cliff was a young, good-looking, successful guy. Yeah. So you know that he's a nut, mm. right? Because it makes him seem so untrustworthy mm. that he found religion in that at that point in his life, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, of course, here he is now, directly equating femininity and the forces of darkness, yeah. like all his monotheistic mates, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he looks between a woman's legs and he just sees a pentagram. It's <laughs> fucking typical. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I pity Sue Barker for yeah. having the – deal with this fucking psychotic i bet he used to make her wear devil horns and <laughs> ram tennis rackets up his ass she's just um, a tennis woman <laughs> yeah and he, she had to address him as nazarene <laughs> if you have questions comments concerns compliments corrections criticisms or concepts for content contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL or twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. So, so let's skip. Let's skip the next couple 
categories here and move down to, since we're talking about church attendance and, and religious belief, it was interesting to me, too, to see that, of course, the highest number uh, as far as percentage of people who believe that couples with children should should legally marry was among those who attend church weekly. In 2006, mm-hmm. that number was at 65%. And in 2020, that number dropped 20 points down to 45. So less than half of people who attend church weekly now believe that couples who have children together should legally marry. And I thought hmm. that was huge. That's huge. Yeah. That's less than half of the people who go to church every week think that that's a, a think that that's a thing that this should happen, that it's morally, it's a moral imperative that that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also interesting for me to see that the number with the, with the smallest amount of change in it was those who seldom or never attend church in 23rd. I'm sorry, in 2006, only 32% of them thought that couples with children should be legally married and that number went down to 19%, still, of course, the lowest number out of the mm-hmm. three categories here. But the change between 2006 and 2020 was only a 13% drop versus 20% for those who attend weekly and 26% for those or 26 percentage points for those who go to church monthly. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. Well, and it was that, that was just oh. interesting to me. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, and that kind of interests me with the like attend monthly crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, they show the highest delta. Um, and again, like I have to think that has to deal with like the increase in Christian nationalism. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Catherine Stewart's book, its first few chapters open up with a discussion of like how Christian nationalists have been very deliberately not only messaging to churches in America, but also finding ways to like oust progressive pastors and have them replaced with more conservative pastors mm-hmm. and that they've been up to this for like the last 20, 30 years. And so it interests me that like people who only attend infrequently in church have becoming, have, have been becoming more, more progressive over time. Like their, their acceleration of progressive increase over time has happened because they're religious enough to probably follow like the nicer teachings of Jesus, but they attend infrequently enough to have not been brainwashed by their like hyper religious pa- or their, their politically religious pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the direction of thought I'm going in that. And that's something that I kind of want to look into is like, how does church attendance track with adherence to like the crazier version of Christianity or mm-hmm. not? Well, and it's interesting too, that, one of the main tenets within a lot of religious belief is that people have free will, right? That they have free will, free agency to do what they will. There are commandments that God has laid down that these people should participate in and uh, do in order to enjoy the fruits of God's gift to them, which is this earth and then their afterlife. And so it's interesting to me to, to see that even in 2020, though the numbers have fallen from 65% down to 45% of respondents for those who attend church weekly, the number between those who attend church weekly at 45% and those who seldom or never attend at 19%, that's a huge gulf. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a 26 percentage point swing. And it is a clear indicator that this that this is just a moral issue for people who are religiously conservative it's them trying to impose their will and their beliefs on others 
It's not the reverse. It's not the people who are non-religious or trying to make everybody else non-religious. It's religious people consistently are trying to impose their beliefs on other people. And that's fucking, that's fucked up. That's so, that's so fucking wrong. Well, they think they own marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a gift from God, mm-hmm. which I think probably yeah. plays into part of the reason why Steve asked this question in the first place. Um, some of the other bits of information that I, that I pulled out of there that I thought was interesting, uh, were that just 55% of conservatives versus 23% of liberals believe it is important that, uh, couples, um, get married. Um, there's also a significant difference by age, partisanship, race, and education throughout all of those numbers that we went through. Um, moving away from, from the Gallup information for a little bit. I've talked about common law marriage in Utah and elsewhere before, but it's important to note a few key differences between common law marriage and legal marriage. So first, less than a dozen states and the District of Columbia recognize common law marriages, which means that your marriage status and legal rights could change from state to state if you move. So if you are viewed mm-hmm. as as having a common law marriage in, say, uh, I don't let, let's say in Utah and you move mm-hmm. to another state, they may not, they may not even have any kind of common law, uh, stipulation, any kind of common law guidelines, any kind of recognition of a common law marriage. And so your rights, even being what they were as in a lesser state, in a state that recognized, uh, common law marriage would be different in a state that doesn't have that at all. Those protections of even common law marriage would completely evaporate, which is a problem, I think, across the United States and in a lot of different things that we see where laws enacted in one state do not carry over to another state necessarily. And which is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It is for sure. It, it causes a lot of problem and a lot of confusion. I mean, the federal law is supposed to be supreme. We clearly need better guidelines at a federal level for this, for this issue. Um, mm-hmm. also divorce is possible for a legally married couple, but not for a common law marriage. So even if you are viewed as, as having a common law marriage in any state, there is no, process of divorce of of leaving your common law marriage in a state that even recognizes you as a common law marriage so there's no rights that are guaranteed to you as far as property division or anything like that so it's it's something that you should keep in mind you know god forbid to use the phrase you know your your relationship with your partner ever ends you don't have a lot of the specific protections that are outlined and provided through a regular legal marriage so why did i choose to become married um like i said i didn't i didn't thoroughly examine it i had a bunch of disparate thoughts that i had that had crossed my mind at one point or another before I actually popped the question. But now having gone through and sat and read a bunch of material about the different protections afforded to it, that's not, these aren't necessarily the reasons why the reason why I did it personally was because it's easier. So in Steve's message, he said that, you know, we could have just created a contract with each other and done that. And that could cover a lot of different things. We could have, hired an attorney we could have written up a contract for property distribution for tax purposes for all kinds of stuff 
to, to legally bind us together and make, you know, set down clear rules about what would happen if we ever separate or anything like that. The problem with mm-hmm. doing that is that you don't know what you don't know and you don't have all of the same rights that are afforded through legal marriage. I can write down in a contract well, that if I'm injured and I end up in a hospital, Tracy has rights over decisions regarding my life and welfare while I'm in the hospital and unable to make those decisions. But then having sure. something for her to provide to hospital providers yeah. is much more difficult than her just walking in and saying, oh, that's my husband. And you might have to bring a lawyer into it and be like, hey, up here's our lawyer. Here's the legal stuff, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. In mm-hmm. in the end, for me, it was it was that it's been 10 years that we've been together. I mean, we're basically viewed as a married couple. This sets things down with a legal framework that offer her and me a lot more protections should anything happen to either of us or should we choose to dissolve our relationship. I don't see that that will happen, but if it does, then we're both better protected if we're legally married. And if something were to happen to either of us, we both have a lot better protections because we're legally married. And in addition to just that, in addition to it just being easier, some of the things that I found while researching this a little bit more were, as I mentioned, hospital visitation rights. And a lot of these Steve also outlined in in his initial message. But you get hospital visitation rights, uh, caregiver decisions, property and inheritance rights. That is is a big deal as far as I'm concerned, because I've got quite a bit of money saved up in my 401k and other investments and stuff like that, that wouldn't just naturally and legally transfer to her through a common law marriage or, or, you know, whatever we've got together before we lay down even a a separate legal contract for any of it. This, you know, getting, getting legally married just provides so many built in protections that it just, it's, it's the natural choice. And I get Mm -hmm. that a lot of people would say, well, I don't want to do it because, of reasons before marriage equality, before same sex couples were able to marry, I had made the decision and, and discussed it with Tracy that, you know, we, if we ever did decide to get married, we wouldn't do it until same sex marriage was legal across all 50 states. Now yeah. that it is, you know, that, that wasn't a concern for us, but even then it was, I wanted to make sure that I'm not recognizing or realizing any special privileges that aren't afforded to everybody else. Um, but now that they are, it's just, it's just so much easier than having to draw up a separate contract for a lot of this stuff. Uh, in addition, right. yeah, well, it's like if, if I died at work this week, does Sarah get to keep living in this house? Sure. <laughs> is is her no, name on the mortgage? She doesn't, she's not on the mortgage. I'm on the mortgage. I'm the one that owns the house. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it just, it makes things that much more difficult, right? Like, and you could go, you could have a contract drawn up stating all of these things, but then you have to think about all kinds of little things like that. Yeah. And right. then. Whereas marriage is just a catch-all, cover-all for all that bullshit. Yeah. Treats yeah. you as like one person basically mm-hmm. for yeah. those things. Yeah, absolutely. And then you don't know what you don't know. Like there are a bunch of benefits yeah. that, that come with legal marriage that you may not even realize. Like, like I said, property and inheritance rights, lower insurance rates for both health coverage and property coverage for both auto yeah. and home. If you're a married couple uh-huh. versus just Ridiculous. cohabitating. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, like right now, Sandra and I are unmarried. I cannot get her in, on my employer health care. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that we're cohabitating, the fa- despite the fact that she was a dependent on my taxes last year. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Still can't have her on my health care. Yeah. Um, and, and like, 
Here's here's another thing, and and this is a short thing, but like you've covered really thoroughly the contractual stuff. Um, there is no religion that has in its holy book a sweet sixteen, right? There is no like great cultural weight for having a housewarming party, right? Um, but we are a society that enjoys. Uh, ritual and ceremony and throwing parties and having like change of life events mm-hmm. to coincide with those milestones that we have. And that's why we have sweet 16s and, and housewarming parties and, and that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of these things are just arbitrary. They're made up. Like at some point, everyone started doing it and, and it caught on and it became popular and now it's ingrained. Right. St. Patty's Day. You know, is a wholly manufactured American uh, celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, it has no real basis in anything meaningful. Uh, it's just a time that we get together and get drunk. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I would make the further argument that like atheists get married for the same reason that atheists enjoy the Christmas season. Right. It's, it's not about fucking Jesus and Charlie Brown. It's about bright lights and giving gifts to your loved ones. And eating sweets and shit, and like spending that's time the with enjoyable part of Christmas. Yeah, spending time with people ask, that you care about. Yeah, yeah. If you asked a Christian child, you know, if they could keep all of the like manger and church services and shit on one hand, and all of the the lights and decorations and presents and candies in the other hand, and you said to that Christian child, "Hey, which of these two do you want to keep?" Pick one. I know yeah. what the answer is going to be. Right? <laughs> like that's the thing that they value. Uh huh. Um. And then the same thing, like out of a wedding, right? Like there is the contractual stuff and, and that's like the more important stuff, right? But, but humans are always going to want to have a celebration of that. They're going to want to get their family together and say, Hey, like this is my person, right? Like I, here, everyone meet this person, right? Cause we don't know when we're all going to be together in the same place again. This is my human, right? Uh, and that's not going to go away just because you left religion. They're just going to find a new way to express that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that's worth noting, too, right? Aside from the contract and the statistics and all that jazz, like humans love ceremony and religion doesn't own it. Yeah. Yeah. We value yeah. ceremony and rituals to the point that, like you said, I mean, a lot of atheists still celebrate all kinds of what are quote unquote religious holidays. I mean, I... Mm-hmm. You know, as a, as a non-believer, I hid eggs for my kids on Easter. It wasn't anything to do with Jesus. It was that the Easter bunny's coming and he's hiding eggs and it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Gave him presents. Yeah. We, we do birthdays. We still do Christmas and we, we alternate between calling it Christmas and Christmas for, you know, with <laughs> FSM in the middle or giftmas yeah. where you just, yep. you know, give each other presents or, just a holiday celebration where you spend time with friends and family because that's what you want to do. There you, you, it's an excuse to spend time with the people that you care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In an increasingly like torturously capitalistic world where you'll fight for any time off that you can, <laughs> you know, like, like let's, let's have some holidays. Let's throw some time when we, you and you can get out of work. Like, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of this. Let's find a reason yeah. to celebrate and get together and have some fun and take some time off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Sarah and I will probably just go to the courthouse, and you guys will find out when you find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I <laughs> that's it's kind of funny that you should mention that because we're talking about ritual and ceremony and everything like that. And I, I, you know, after I proposed and everything calmed down a few days later, and we're we're kind of talking about it, and 
you know, I just asked, I, I told Tracy, you know, I, so this is what I've done and I'm sorry to do it, but I'm pushing all of the planning and everything off onto you <laughs> because I'm not good at that and you excel and like this is this is something I know you do well, I don't do well, and it's probably something that you want a ceremony more than me. And she's like, actually, I don't. Like it's <laughs> because she's she hates being the center of attention. She doesn't want to be. She doesn't. She doesn't like a lot of people looking at her. She doesn't want to be the star of any show. She's much happier being in the background and getting and being productive, doing whatever to help other people. But she doesn't like public speaking she doesn't like any kind of attention from groups of people and mm -hmm. and it's expensive oh yeah for sure i mean if if we have any kind of ceremony it'll be a small thing somewhere with a small collection of friends it's it's not going to be that we have this giant elaborate thing anywhere because that's not something that really appeals to either of us so it it'll it'll still be a ritual and a ceremony of sorts, but it's not going to be, there's not going to be much fanfare for sure. Yeah. Like I don't even care if Sarah takes my last name when we get married. Oh no. Yeah. Like that like, has, that's never you been want a thing. To do it, but it's probably way more fucking paperwork. So you can just keep what you got. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's a whole thing. Like I, I left that up to her. I'm like, if you want to do it, that's fine. It was interesting because in talking about that, you know, she said, well, you know, I'm not going to change my name. I'm like, I don't expect you to. I, that's entirely up to you. You can, if you want, I like, I don't, I don't care either way. And it reminded me that when I went through my divorce, uh, from, from my children's mother, um, one of the requests during the divorce was that she be able to change her last name from she, Ellis to whatever else. She had to request that? Yeah, so she had to request it and and my immediate response was oh fuck yes, please. Like I didn't I didn't <laughs> want her keeping my last name at all and I told that to Tracy and she's like, "Well, so you're looking at that through your eyes, but you know, not that not that she's a big fan of my ex-wife or anything." She said, "But on the flip side, there is a good reason for that because you could have you know, let's say you started a business together and it's Ellis and Ellis or it's Ellis, whatever. And she wants to change her name. And then you've got to divest your, your interests in that and divide things. Then that's going to make things more difficult potentially for one person or another. Or if, you know, there, she, I can't even remember a bunch of she, but she rattled off a bunch of different reasons why, uh, an ex-wife may want to change her name to something else or keep it the same. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got, I've got such views on names, man. Like <laughs> one, nobody's fucking joining yield family farms or trying to like <laughs> pass along their noble estates to their yeah. firstborn son anymore. Nobody gives a shit about your last name. Like it doesn't like, like not you in particular, but what I'm saying is, is that like, like your, your heritage is not something particularly special to pass on. They're, North of 8 billion people on the planet or 7 billion people on the planet, whatever it is, like you don't matter. Like no, <laughs> no individual matters on this planet. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then so just like fucking hyphenate or whatever, you know, or don't like, like, but keep your name. Like all of that is just some pain in the ass bullshit. Conversely though, I kind of think that like when you have your coming of age ceremony, whenever that is, I think that people should choose their own names. Um, Ooh. because it's, it's largely like, like your name is placed on you by your 
parental figures when you are like born, right? But that's not necessarily who you are. That might not match your values. Like my middle name is Michael, which is a Christian name. And I hate Christian names. Like I'm very glad that my first name is not a Christian name um, because I would have changed it, you know? Yeah, but how many 18-year-olds um, would change your name to something like, I'm Mad Max now? I mean, <laughs> maybe, but on the other hand, if it was something that was that was formalized, right, and made as part of a coming-of-age ritual and, and perhaps something done amongst friends, you know, because your name is how you present yourself to the world, right? It is the first impression that anybody has of who you are. Um, and despite their flaws in lots of places, the, um, like the, the Malcolm Gladwell crowd, you know, has done some pretty significant research on the importance of names and how they're received on like resumes and shit like that. Mm. And so I think that, yeah, it should be up to an individual to select their name the way that they want to represent themselves to the world. Um, on their own right. And I think that if that was normalized, it would be one probably handled with a little bit more respect than being like Bodie McBoatface when you turn 18. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, someone would do it though. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, like, like there are names that I think are ridiculous that parents name their kids, right? Like how many, how many in Utah have, have there been named in Utah? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And how do you yeah. spell it? Right. That's not how it's pronounced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's um uh, uh oh shit, what's his name? Reagan. It's a Brian Reagan skit, you know, from the nineties is how old that tradition goes down. Mormons naming their kids weird shit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Sorry for that detour as well, but I think I think the whole name thing is like should be more in the hands of the individual and nobody nobody joins the farms anymore. I don't I don't get the whole like woman gives, you know, woman takes the man's name to give it to the kids thing, like do a hyphen or whatever. The Scandinavians have a great idea where it's just like this dude's son or that dude's daughter. Like, okay, cool. Got it. Mm -hmm. You know? I yeah. always joked that when I was a kid, I thought my name was Little Scheist. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> did, you, did you grow up in a Germanic part of... Well, my, my, my grandma would call us Little Scheists. Yeah. Uh. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. I was yeah, thinking a much worse derivative of that word. I was like, dang, I think one of your family members is racist there, Ryan. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Little shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. Yep. <laughs> well, like, is this Clerks too? Am I being pranked? <laughs> so I hope that answers your question, Steve. I hope it uh, provides some clarity for anybody who's on the fence about whether they should legally marry their partner that they're currently with uh, or not. Uh, we talked about some of the benefits that come with it. Some of the drawbacks, of course, are that it is legally binding. That makes it yeah. sometimes more difficult to separate and divide things up. But and That's honestly the only reason why I've seen to get married. It's like, it's not going to change our relationship, but it's going to be, you know, more legally, we get legal benefits with being married. Mm -hmm. And I filed my tax. Well, I didn't submit them. I did up my taxes to see, well, if I was married, what would I get back? I'm like, dude, there's a $5,000 difference right there. Uh huh. Like, holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. There are some big differences. It used to be that you, that there was a marriage penalty basically because they, the way that the tax brackets were structured, it didn't, double like let's say you made fifty thousand dollars a year and your partner made fifty thousand dollars a year so you would be placed in that 
whatever tax bracket at fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars as individuals, and the mm-hmm. corresponding tax bracket filing jointly wasn't a hundred thousand dollars. It was you know a, a max of like eighty thousand dollars, and so then yeah. if you made mm-hmm. more than that, you were thrown into a higher tax bracket. And the the recent passage of some legislation uh, from Biden has done away with a lot of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that that there is really no tax penalty as far as as far as marriage goes unless you get up into the like i think it's it was something like 450 or 650 thousand dollars well as a couple so i i feel there's a tax penalty for not being married oh yeah for sure there is because you do you do get more benefits um tax wise as a married couple than you do as filing singly for sure yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah. And, and yeah. it's also those benefits are reaped more when your, uh, pay is more unequal. The more unequal your mm-hmm. pay, the more benefit you get from that in combination. So yeah. 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 It's all interesting stuff, but I've known a couple people who got married just for tax purposes, but it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are, I mean, there are a bunch of other benefits that you get with it besides that. I had a friend that, Married a girlfriend, wrote a huge prenup. Like he counted every fucking fork and spoon and knife in the house. <laughs> he put every item he owned physically in the prenup so she would get nothing because he was like, well, she doesn't have a fucking health insurance and mm-hmm. she's needs health insurance like right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I like her. I don't love her. <laughs> she's, she's, she's a stripper. I think she's okay. Um, uh, but so I don't, like, don't necessarily... get married to her yeah. to help her out. Uh, with her medical bills so that she won't have that burden anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it's, then it's over. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I had a friend growing up, uh, Lucy and she, uh, she was a, uh, like basically a dreamer before that was a thing. Like her family brought her here when she was like two years old and she never got papers. Mm-hmm. And, um, she ended up getting married to a guy she dated in high school and he was abusive towards her and she couldn't leave because that marriage was her mm. basis for like finally getting papers. And yeah. he knew that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I like, as soon as I found out about that situation, cause she and I had fallen out of touch after I graduated and she was like a year or two behind me. And I was like, I would have like, without even thinking about it, I was like, I absolutely would have married you for that. Like to, to just, make sure that you Give were that safe. To you. Like I, mm-hmm. like not even a second thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and it sucks that so many people are forced into marriages because of those types of reasons, because they need mm-hmm. health coverage or because they want mm-hmm. to become a citizen. Like that's, that's it's the wrong reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, it's I mean, a legal loophole. Yeah. Right. And it's, right. it's weird that, that, but we I have mean, an institution that, that provides those types of legal protections and it comes from, religious views primarily but when mm-hmm. we but th- there we go with that like when we're talking about this there's we shouldn't say there is anything wrong if someone wants to use it as a legal loophole mm-hmm. because oh no yeah i'm saying take full advantage of it if you need to yeah. it just sucks that you have to yeah yeah because our our system is fucked mm-hmm. in so many different ways but we have run out of time for the main portion of the show. We have a video or two that we will be doing, uh, that we'll be watching and commenting on for our Patreon patrons. Uh, and in addition to that, prior to recording the, the bulk of the episode, we had a pretty good discussion about, um, pay and benefits and 
the the serfdom that so many people are forced into and are now choosing to leave because they understand that the system is fucked. <laughs> yeah. And we had a we had a pretty good wide ranging discussion about that that I will be releasing as a special bonus Patreon episode because we will be taking next week off for the holiday and to yep. take a bit of a break. But we will be taking off that time and we'll be releasing that as a special bonus episode for patrons. And uh, I, I before we go on to our patrons, I want to make sure that we. Um Talk about a listener email as well. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so listener uh, Ben D, which is how you signed your email, so that's how I'm going to call you, um, though okay. there's more of your name and your email. Um, do, do they so do you emailed us. What's that? Do they do gymnastics? Ben don't D. Do it. Don't, don't <laughs> insult the person's name. <laughs> no. I just Thank you for writing us, Ben. Ignore my co-hosts. They're well, live. Ben... Um, and he said, D. <laughs> yep, I know. And I know where you're going because I thought of it too. But, you know, we're going to be more mature than that. Um, I am not mature and you know that. Okay, <laughs> God damn it, Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> ben, um, you wrote to us uh, about our, our light criticism of the uh, Skeptics Creed and and at risk of starting a fight. Like, I got to say, I love the shit out of the Cogdis. Like, I've cut oh, for sure. most of my podcasts out. Mm-hmm. And Cogdis is one of the ones I still listen to religiously. Very um, entertaining and smart. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, uh, the, the Skeptics Creed is just a little weird. Um, we don't quite get it. And, uh, last week or the week before, uh, it was two episodes, two episodes prior to this recording. It was, yeah. uh, so episode 350. Uh, 360. That or we 360. Did. Yeah. Um, Dan, Dan was like, you know, thrust your hands, bloody evidential. What does that mean? Right? Well, apparently that's an almost exact quote of, um, John 2027. 20, um, you pointed me in the direction of this and I did a quick Google on that, Ben. Um, and yeah, like, like doubting Thomas is the, the apostle who, when like Jesus was resurrected in the myth, um, Doubting Thomas was like, I don't know that you're really a resurrected Jesus. I think you might just be some dude or maybe you didn't die at all. And he was like, thrust your hand into my side, like into my bloody wound Mm -hmm. so that you know that I'm Jesus. Right. And all the like, you know, animated fucking children's cartoons just show him like kind of lightly tapping at the (laughs) the stigmata on his hands kind of deal. But like apparently in, in John 20, 27, they were like, no, no, stick your hand up in my side where I got yeah. stabbed with the spear. Get up in those Romans. guts. Yeah. Yeah. Thrust your hands. Right. So, um, that appears to be the origin of that. It's just one of those things where it's like, how would you put it? So thoroughly divested from its source material that I was like, wait, what the fuck is that in regards to? Yeah. Well, and I, um, I mean, I, I figured that that's what it was. And, and I mean, we have, we actually got quite a bit of feedback from that. Another <laughs> response that we got was from, uh, Basilis, who's been a long time listener. And he just posted on my uh, Facebook timeline and said, Hey, just thought I'd drop my impression of thrusted bloody hands. I always thought it was in reference to doubting Thomas putting his hands into the Jeebus wound. And, and I just said, well, that's what I figured as well. But the way it's phrased doesn't make that clear. And, and then I said, maybe it's intentionally not clear because it's not clear if Thomas actually did it. Because in the Bible, it doesn't actually say whether he did or not. And religious scholars have argued one way or the other whether he did or not. Um, I don't think, like, it's from, from my impression, it's, I don't think he did. It was just that he was offered and took even the offer as evidence that 
his lord was in front of him probably but but even well, then and, and let's my, my slight interjection there is yeah. like we're asking whether or not you know gandalf was truly disarmed of his sword <laughs> while falling through the pit with the with the balor right because the balrog rather yeah. Right? Because he's a fictional goddamn character. There was no historical Jesus, but sorry. <laughs> well, no. And even then, like, even, even if there had been a Jesus and he appeared before this person and said, put your hands in my side, that doesn't at all mean that he's the son of God. It just means that he's got a wound in his side, right? Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't prove yeah. anything other yeah. than you got a fucking wound in your side, dude. So I mean, yep. I've gutted a few deer in my life. They didn't <laughs> resurrect. Uh huh. And I shoved my hands right in their wounds and nothing, like, well, and then, nothing magical about that. And then what kind it's of shitty all-powerful God is going to resurrect his son who was crucified to forgive the rest of humanity for our sins and then wasn't yeah. restored to full health? Still walking maybe. around with a fucking wound and holes in his hands and feet. God damn it. Maybe it and was about to get really cold him. and Doubting Thomas needed to crawl in there. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is quite He warm. thought they smelt bad on the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was it was it was the inspiration Star for Trek right there. Yeah, it was an inspiration. Not Star Trek, you fucker. Yes. Yes. And I was and I was gonna say it was the inspiration for a scene from Star Wars. <laughs> it really is a puny god though, because like a raised dead spell would absolutely leave him at like one hit point, whereas a true resurrection would have brought him back up to full. So I mean, shitty god right there. Like at least bust out the level nine spells. <laughs> Oh my, we, yeah. <laughs> but we have, but also on, on the note of Basilius sending any of that in, I just wanted to say Basilius, I hope everything is going well with you. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's had some health issues recently yeah. that I, mm-hmm. that I hope so, are, are going to turn out all right. And you'll, that you'll fully recover, man. I've, I've been monitoring your situation online and I hope everything is going to continue getting better and better for sure. Uh, but we have run out of time for this episode. Uh, before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they help keep the show going. But that would be two skeptical chaps. Oh, the noble spirit, noble spirit and, and big is the, the smallest, smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. <laughs> I was going to kill it tonight, too. Alan Firth, I was going to kill it. Oh, yeah, Alan Firth. All hail, <laughs> Peanut Butra. Came for the rebel, stayed for the Lucian. Hunter Grin. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Cuno. Stephen Andrews. Theodore Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Uh, Travis Lindbergh. Vanessa. Alex Jones is great. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> Alex Jones is gay frog brigade. <laughs> Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Marvin Dracon. Matthew Sanders. Megan Mitchell. Up dog programmer. I fucking love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Is that a new one or did yeah. they change their name? They changed their name. Those, those are I, fucking I, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I just noticed that right now. When we're going through. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Ryan Mayfield. Sarah Segovia. Savid Acuna. Socialized healthcare saved my life. Thank you to our new patron. Yes, that is a new patron. Thank you very much. I'm interested to hear your story. You should send us a message with that, or maybe you'd like to come on the show and talk about it because that is awesome. I'm very glad to hear that, that you were saved by socialized healthcare. I wish it were available to more people here in the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. 
James. And Marjorie Simpson and Margaret Downey want you to please support the Free Thought Society. Thank you all very, very much. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon supporter, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And then you get all kinds of fun stuff, like the free episode that we will be, or bonus episode that we will be releasing for Patreon patrons next week in lieu of a regular episode. So, thank you all very much. We'll be moving into the Patreon portion of the show right about now. <laughs> God damn it, I wish I had been recording that. I fucking <laughs> I wasn't recording. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> One time. <laughs> This this log 4J shit literally has taken up so much goddamn time since it dropped. Uh, have you have you seen anything about that, Dan? Uh, just the updog version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. It's not gonna work, Dan. It's not Damn gonna it. work. No. no, I was I was dealing with the Bofa <laughs> version, Dan. <laughs> the the what version? The Bofa version. Bofa version. What's a Bofa version? Bofa D's nuts. I <laughs> <laughs> like those jokes. Um, talking about statistics about marriage, and you guys call me a nerd for calculating a dragon's gold board. <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> he looks like like a schlubby dad from a show that made it half a season on TBS in 1990s. <laughs> No, I, I, like like it's a show you've actually seen or like he would be that kind of character he would be if I was in central casting I'd be like you I need you to act opposite a woman who's way out of your league and have two and a half kids <laughs> with a laugh track and the show will make it about three months on TBS and then get cancelled for everybody loves Raymond for, for the, uh, the half kid what part are they do they have upper torso or lower torso no it's the left side mm. lower. Oh, just the left side. Oh, that's even weirder because I thought it'd be cool just to have the lower torso walking around like something from Adam's family. I know. <laughs>